Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits. But before we actually get to the show, I wanted to remind you guys that Talking in Bits is completely 100% audience funded. What that basically means is, is that you will never have to sit through no ads while you're listening to Talking in Bits. And the only way we can continue to do that and have been able to do that is with contributions and donations with great listeners such as yourself. So in order to keep that spirit alive, there's a few ways that you can actually donate to the show. My favorite way is podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a bunch of them out there, but my two favorite are Fountain App and Breeze. And with these apps, it's basically like any other podcasting app. You can subscribe to Talking in Bits. Um, you can load up some sats into the wallet and you can set how many sats per minute you think Talking in Bits is worth or how much value you're receiving from Talking in Bits. You can do this from both of those apps. Another really cool feature in, the, in these apps, these podcast 2.0 apps, is the boost feature. And what the boost feature is, is basically you get to pick a certain amount of sets that you want to send in and you can embed a message inside of that transaction into the show. And what I'm going to do is week to week, the best ones that come in, I'm going to read them and give shout outs here live on the show. So that's another way that you can help keep this ad free um, and keep this content rolling. Uh, if you're not using the podcast 2.0 apps, then you can head on over to talkingandbits.com backslash donate. And there you'll find various links to be able to send in Lightning, to be able to send on-chain, and even to Paynim. So go check out the, the website. That's another way to contribute. And if you're listening to us on the legacy outlets like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, then you could do the good old-fashioned leave a review, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps and helps us float up higher so more people can get this value and more people can get everything that we want to provide to our listeners. So once again, we appreciate you. The only reason we've been able to keep this up is because of y'all, and we want to keep that going for as long as we can. All right, without further ado, on to this week's episode. I also made the case for winning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 68, and I got Nate from Voltage in the house. Hey, Nate, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on? Great to be here. Yeah, I was saying, great to formally meet you. Uh, you actually did with, and maybe Voltage just does this as a, as a whole company, but uh, you actually sat there with me in the DMs, and you walked me through connecting uh, my BTC Pay server to my node, which I am forever grateful for, good sir. I don't, I don't think you're the only person that would have done that. Oh, man. I mean, I, I love helping people with, with setting all this stuff up. I mean, just, just a couple of years ago, it, it was a lot harder than it is today. And I think a lot of folks are still stuck into that. Oh, it's a hard sort of mindset sort of thing. I'm not saying you were like that or anything, but, you know, pe- more and more people are realizing it's getting easier and just a little bit of help, a little bit of nudge here and there. I, I love to help people with that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just the aspect. Like, you it would have been so easy for you to just say, you know, hey, here's our, you know, client services email and you can just reach out to client services and we'll follow uh, up with you. But you're like, nah, let, let's hammer this right now in the DMs. <laughs> that, that's actually kind of how I am. Uh, like in college, dude, I would get the syllabus and like whatever I could knock out early, I would knock out early and just save it for like whenever it was due. So I had more time to party and play video games and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> smart man. I, just, smart man. I, I don't like having like things like... um shadow over me i just want to knock it out and no weight on my shoulders but i love i love it when people reach out and 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 uh you know ask questions i'm I'm usually right there like you said yeah so that was my introduction to you nate um sort of my introduction to voltage i mean i've heard of you guys a little bit before that but before we get into voltage um just give the listeners a little bit about your background and possibly your bitcoin story because we all have one yeah i I love to share it yeah uh yeah the, the i guess the quick version of that is um after after college, about ten years ago, um, I I had a heart. I was I was always a libertarian, um, 
And uh, I went to this uh, meetup in Denver, probably 2013-ish. They talked about Bitcoin there, but they talked about it as a way to make payments. Um, not really the principles of the uh, finite supply or anything like that. Um, so it didn't really click with me because I was like, well, no one's accepting Bitcoin. So why should I care? Right. Plus, I was broke. So a couple of <laughs> years later, so Mount Gox happened right after Bitcoin hit a thousand bucks. And I was always watching it. Right. Because, you know, I'm a libertarian. I'm plugged in on this sort of thing. And then it, I was like, all right, you know what? After the Mount Gox crash, I was like, if Bitcoin can go over a thousand dollars again, I'm going to really, really, really look into it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I won't say exactly when I got in, but that's sort of when. You know, when it crossed a thousand dollars again, I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to look into it. There was a time frame there before I actually got in because I like to learn about these things first, but eventually got in. Um, and and uh, yeah, so I worked in airline operations actually for six years until uh, uh, and, and stacking Bitcoin, you know, through most of that. And uh, last year, my daughter was born. Um, in March and I got two months off of work. So what I decided to do was I spooled up a Calendly and a couple hours every uh, afternoon, I would open it up to anyone that wanted to talk about lightning, talk about nodes. I got into lightning in 2018 bear market um, and early 2019 because I wanted something to do that wasn't price related, right? Like I, I wasn't going to sell. I rode that 2018 crash all the way. I didn't care. I was focused on learning and understanding lightning and doing all this. And I was like, you know, I need to spread my knowledge a little bit. That was when um, the, uh, the uh, plebnet started also. Okay. So I was really involved in the beginning stages of that. Um, but I had about 60, I talked about 60 Bitcoiners just off of Twitter and helped them with lightning. And then last September, Graham, the CEO of Voltage, um, heard about me, said, you know, I, Hey, I followed you throughout your whole consulting thing. And I'm looking for someone to sort of spearhead our support and education side of the company. What do you think? And, uh, uh, you know, we feel financially secure to try something new, my family and I, so that's what we did. And I've been with voltage for about nine months now. Yeah. That. That's, there's a lot to unpack there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so wherever you want to go with that, but that's the story. Well, the, the easy one that you could just literally give me one sentence on is airline operations. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, every airline that takes passengers around yeah. has a command center. And yeah. I worked in a major airline control, a control center, rather, a Got major it. airline control center, just uh, just trying to keep things working. I'll just say that. So <laughs> Making sure was, uh, planes I, don't crash into other planes. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's a union-based, seniority-based set up right yeah. trade kind of thing and uh you know when you're you're still kind of a newbie your first 10 years so you know you, i work graveyard shift for a long time and after my daughter was born and stuff i'm like i don't want to do this sleeping all day thing anymore uh so so um, yeah. voltage came at a perfect time when i hear union and when i hear seniority i just think for you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that I type mean, of structure that only works in that universe. Yeah. And you know, the top tier guys making top tier pay, they're the ones that are complaining the most. And it's yep. just, just really just terrible. But um, it, yeah. it was still a good gig overall, but I'm really, really happy to be full-time Bitcoin now and doing what I love. Yeah, definitely. I come uh, with, yeah, I don't think it's a secret anymore for the listeners, but um, I, I work for Unchained Capital now. I'm the senior uh, client services team member there. And um, before that, I come from healthcare. So that whole seniority yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, that's why I keep thinking like fiat, fiat, fiat. But anyways. That's <laughs> the thing. Like if I wasn't stacking enough, like if I wasn't stacking Bitcoin to the point where it's like, I could try something new. Like Bitcoin like freed me, right? Like yeah. if I didn't have that sort of comfort in knowing that I was financially secure, I wouldn't want to shift careers like that. So I really thank Bitcoin for, for that opportunity. And like you said, it's kind of like we're moving towards what we want to be. And I think Bitcoin empowers that. Yeah, no, uh, I say it to my wife all the time. Bitcoin saved my life, which ultimately is yep. going to help me save the life of my family. But uh, yeah, I remember just being miserable. I used to work in an operating room. I uh, started a spike up during the COVID situation where like they literally had us wearing like goggles and like face mask and I could barely breathe. And I, I remember just like venting in like a random closet in the corner where like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Dude, they put like... Um temperature sensors in the doorway that like lasered your forehead automatically yeah. to tell you if you yeah. were sick or not we did have a mask thing 
I never, ever wore a mask. Nice. And the managers didn't give me any crap because I think we're all on the same page. I'm just like, I don't care. Fire me if you want to. I'm not wearing this thing for 10 hours a day. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but, but, they, but they didn't care. So I, I give them props for that. No, I that I had to. Uh, I try to resist, but in the hospital scenario, the medical they, thing, though, yeah, they always use the patient. Oh, well, what about the patient? And then leverage, and then yeah. I I got to, like months away from uh, forced vaccination, right? So like they were already talking about it, and like uh, oh, coming up in November, and this was about like uh, May, and I was like, oh shit, like this is about. I got to figure this out now. I got to get the fuck out of here. And uh, yeah, wake yeah, up call. Yeah, so uh, I applied to a bunch of places. Strike was posting all that. Um, but Unchained Capital, I just like, you know, I'm a real big believer in like when you like kind of like, I guess, envision it or like speak things into fruition, like they kind of just happen. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of how it was. Even though I applied to a bunch of different companies, like Unchained Capital's position was like, I can do this. I know that this is what I can do. I can help people with multi-signature. I know multi-signature. Yeah. And then I emailed... Um, First of all, shout out to Kaylee. I know you know Kaylee, right? Kaylee Buemi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. see so, her all the time. So shout out to I'm Kaylee. I'm in Texas too, so yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be down there soon. We can get in that in a little bit. Okay. But uh, <laughs> and uh, your 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 uh, post earlier about Texas seceding. I want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, I saw Kaylee posted a post basically saying, "Hey, I got the job at Unchained Capital." You know all that, and I went into her DMs and I actually thanked her for this a few months ago in retrospect, and I was like. I don't know what I need to do, but I want to get into Unchained Capital. Like, help, right? And then she, she didn't know who the fuck I was, so she was like, I can't help you, but she gave me some advice. She was like, make your typical advice, but it was valuable to me at the time. She was like, you know, make your email stand out, right? Like, just have a crazy headline that just makes no sense and make it stand out. So, you know, in my desperate act here, I, I, my, I think the heading, uh, the subject line was, if I were if I were to write a Bitcoin movie, it would be, and then you know I hit like the ellipsis or whatever, and then uh, I went on to just explain everything I've done. Like, oh, I set up my own node, and I would help empower people to you know run Lightning, and then you know I would teach them it's just a bunch of stuff that I can't remember. But two days later, I got uh, Eric Kaysen, which is funny, like in this Bitcoin yeah. universe, right? So yeah. like Eric Kaysen reaches out, and he's like, hey. Uh, we're looking for client services. We just saw your resume. What's up? You want an interview? And I was like, <laughs> oh shit. Like I, I read Eric Case's work all the time. This is crazy yep. that this is happening. Uh, long story, less longer. Yeah, I basically got in. And uh, afterwards, uh, Joe Kelly, uh, CEO, basically was like, um, hey, it was because you wrote that email that you got this job. Like, it, it, it literally just stood out among the rest. And we, didn't, you know, we cared about your qualifications, but not as much as your passion and how much you care about yep, Bitcoin. Exactly. That's in this industry. That's all it really is. You know, it's taking the time, like you're, you're not getting paid to do it. It's your hobby, your passion. And, and those, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to explain that to like, like now I talk to my, like my sister who's trying to get into the space and I tell her that like that same story, like, Hey, it's all about passion. Forget the fiat world. They don't, they don't care about resumes. They don't care about that stuff. It's what you do. And she, she just can't believe that. She's like so, she's older than me, but she's like so torn on the like, no, I need to have my resume buttoned up and it needs to have like my historical work yeah. record. And when I worked at the grocery store 20 years ago, I'm like, nobody cares about that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, like going to conferences and meeting people and just, you know, being cool and just having conversations uh, is, is the way to go. And we're still a small industry. I don't think it's going to be like that forever, but right now I think it's definitely the golden age for just kind of meeting people and, and, and growing. Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, the community is so accepting, uh, but I want to go uh, to lightning then. Well, one question about lightning then voltage, but before I go into that, um, you know, you said you've always been a libertarian and I know there's a lot of talk about this always, in the community. But- Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but uh, I know there's a lot of talk about this period, but yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So I read a Bitcoin magazine article. I forgot who wrote it maybe a few weeks ago that was making like the case for, you know, the, the left, right. Accepting Bitcoin. Uh, okay. I know the right accepts Bitcoin and now, you know, the libertarian space. So in your opinion, what makes Bitcoin attractive to not only any of those political uh, leanings, but libertarians specifically? Yeah. So, I mean, so my, my, this is a conversation we, we, we could do like a multi-part special if you want, but uh, <laughs> to boil it down, there's like 
in my head, the left and right is left is maximum government, like to the far end, and the right is no government. Yeah. Um, that doesn't directly correlate to the modern ideas of liberalism and conservatism. It's a totally separate idea, sort of. So on that, you know, it's kind of like where your head's at, right? Like I prefer to have rules, but I don't prefer to have rulers, right? Mm. So that is my foundation um, for preference. Obviously, Bitcoin fits that amazingly because it's incorruptible rules with no rulers. Uh, and I get to choose what code I run on my node. I get to choose the rules on my node. If there's people out there that also agree with those rules, our nodes talk, our nodes interoperate, and here we are. That's consensus. Uh, so to answer your question, like, like libertarian, that's sort of my thought. I try to have, um, you know, rules rather than rulers. Um, you can call me an anarcho-capitalist. I would probably say that that is accurate. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we live in a statist world. But, you know, in my head, I have my principles, not aggression principle, all those foundational Rothbardian sort of things that, that that's those are the principles I attach myself to. So, big, you know, if, if, if someone wrote an article about Bitcoin for the uh, contemporary progressive left or whatever and why that's good for them, cool, go for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, do, do what you got to do. Um, if, you know, if all the communists in the world suddenly love Bitcoin, I would also still love Bitcoin. Like that sure. wouldn't change the rules uh, or anything. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I love that frame of mind where it's like, you no, know, people take it's, you know, you can shift your mindset at any point in time and, and kind of like evolve to a new mindset. Um, I'm here in Massachusetts currently, but I, I was always one of those guys, which is a, a blue leftist state, you know, sort of like California, all that. But I was always the guy that felt myself lost here, meaning that like I never vibed with any political agenda, to be honest, not the right or the left. So, you know, there was a stage in my life where I actually felt like I was doing something wrong. Like, it's like, how come I'm not picking a side? Like, everybody seems to be so either right or so either left. And like, especially New Hampshire, which is right on, on, on our borders, which is, you know, so it's like, am I doing something wrong? And then it wasn't until Bitcoin that I figured out that, that no, like they're doing something wrong by being so connected to, I guess, a political system that doesn't really give a shit about them, but they think it does. So I don't know where I land. I don't know if it's yeah. libertarian or what, but I agree. I, just, I like the rules. The rules are tough. It's just yeah. like principles are what matter though. Like, and yeah. principles, there's no like, a range of principles. It's either you have a principle or you don't. It's it needs to apply to everything. If it doesn't apply to everything, it's not a principle. It's it's different. So, you know, I've. I mean, there are. I would say very very minute exceptions to some principles, such as the non-aggression principle, where it's okay to sort of initiate violence in very very specific circumstances. There's a lot of talk in libertarianism about that sort of thing, but in general, um, that is kind of where I'm at for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm still figuring it out. But no labels is good fun for me. Like, just yeah, let me... I just, you know. I, just, I just don't feel like I need a babysitter to be a good person. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah. That's like, a good way to look at it. I yeah. feel like politics and laws and stuff. Like, I understand, like, the point. But for me personally, it's like, it's like I'll be okay, you know? Just let me do my thing. I won't hurt anybody. So. Yeah, gotcha. All right, let's go into a little bit of lightning. I want to bounce... Cool. I want to go from, you know, you were early on Lightning, I would say 2018. Um, and then let me know how Lightning was when you were consulting people or when you first got your hands on it mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and then lead me all the way to Voltage. Yeah. OK, so in 2018, markets crashing. I'm not dealing with altcoins or whatever anymore. That was a brief thing. The funny thing, the quick and dirty about that was like, I originally was thinking that was a cool idea, right? This was before, this is when Binance had like no KYC. It was like, whatever. Yeah. And suddenly I realized that all this crap was taking up too much of my time. I had other hobbies and things I wanted to do. So I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to put it all into Bitcoin and learn Bitcoin only. So I was only doing that <laughs> crap for a few months. But the reason why was like, when you sit back and realize how many hours a day am I spending like trying to do this? And I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't want to do that anymore. So that was kind of where I was at. Yeah. But I was like, okay, cool. What do I do next? And I was on Reddit and Reddit's like, run a node. I'm like, okay, cool. And I install a node on my laptop, you know, the basic Bitcoin core node. And then I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then, you know, learning more lightning. Okay. What's, what's that all about? So um, I didn't really know a lot, but 
someone brought up this idea of you can have a Raspberry Pi. It could be a separate machine. You can do all this stuff with it. I had no Linux experience whatsoever at this point, zero. I, I have a technical aptitude, but I'm not a developer. I could have been probably. Uh, I might even still be if I really want to. But <laughs> I, I have the technical aptitude if I focus and, and, and do it. Like I believe in myself. I'm one of those people that I'm like, I can do something. If I believe in it, I can do it sort of thing. So uh, I found a guide um, called the Raspi Bolt. And this was put out by an awesome Bitcoiner named Staticus. And the Raspi Bolt is just a series of steps that you type in the commands. It tells you which commands to put in. And at the end of it, you'll have a Bitcoin node and a Lightning node. Nice. So at that time, I kind of just wanted a Bitcoin node though, but I was like, cool, I get a Bitcoin node and a Lightning node and I can kind of play around with this. Why not, right? Yeah. So uh, I figured out Linux and whatever, the, the basics to at least get there. And um, yeah, there was, I guess my first experience was there was the, one of the first mobile apps was Eclair, the Eclair mobile app by Async. And it was a mobile app. It was a node on your, it was an actual node on your phone. It drained the battery like crazy, but <laughs> you can open and close channels on it and stuff. And that, um, that was really my first experience with lightning, just kind of reversal. But my first purchase was buying stickers from the Blockstream store. Like, with lightning or about lightning? With like, lightning. Okay, cool. <laughs> they, had, they had this lightning only store for, and there's stickers. Yeah. And it was just like the most novel, cool thing. Um, sure. And that's probably late 20, I don't know, maybe early 2019. It was around there. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so that node, I, I learned a lot with the early days were, I mean, one ML came early, early enough at least. And so one ML is sort of a, uh, was the original, uh, aggregate for public lightning information. So you can see nodes on the network, how many channels they have and stuff. And, you know, I made mistakes. I opened up channels. I allocated funds that, um, you know, I wasn't afraid to lose. It was still reckless at the time. This is beta software, super dangerous, yada, yada. I mean, that's super dangerous, but like you could lose it, that sort of thing. Sure. So it was really like, it felt like I'm just like a whole other weird wild west world. And then I, uh, people were starting to make um, visual network graphs of the lightning networks. So you can see the nodes and like a cool, and, and those are still out there. It's just a ton more, right? There's like 17,000 public nodes. Yeah. nodes with public channels on the network right now but back then there was like 200 and through two or 300 i'm like this is really cool and then it you know suddenly kept growing um eventually i was like i want i want to take this really really seriously i like the idea of playing with fees and 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 seeing where that goes so i ditched the raspberry pi and i actually built myself a mini ITX computer for $500 and installed Linux on that. Cause I want something that's going to last a long time. Really? And my node has been running on that baby ever since. Really Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like the little story there. Yeah. So that once again, you're a tech tech savvy, but it, it requires work at that time. Right. Yeah. And, and now absolutely. if you, it, you know, I even when I jumped onto my first, I, I did a raspy, uh, uh, not a, a raspy blitz. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was shortly after Raspberry Bolt. Yeah. Okay, so I got mine in um, November 2020, and it was specifically uh, for podcasting, for podcasting 2.0 or whatever, to experiment yeah. with that and get the podcast set up, which I do want to talk about here. But I even found it myself to be pretty difficult to set up. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, the, the instructions were there. The GitHub was there. It was pretty laid out. But it still took me about a week or two to actually get this thing running and synced up and ready to rock and roll. Um, so I want you to speed up from your setup to what you guys are doing at Voltage. And let me yeah. know how, how you guys are actually making that just a breeze, if you were to ask me. But yeah, connect those two yeah. dots there. No, yeah. So that's kind of how it went. You know, surely, so Raspberry Blitz yep. is awesome, but still has that Linux command line sort of element to it. Yep. Um, a big leap forward after that was my node. And my node um, is just uh, to install it on your Raspberry Pi and you get a nice little dashboard. You don't need to do command line or whatever. Um, at least you're not, you shouldn't need to. However, they did have that functionality built in in case something breaks or something. 
Um, I personally still think MyNode is a great project. If, if anyone hasn't checked it out, um, you can run Samurai Dojo on it and Electrum server and all this other stuff too, uh, rather than you know everything. And then Umbral came around and Embassy came around and now Umbral and Embassy, same sort of idea as MyNode with a little bit more clean UI um, but the difference between um, Embassy and Umbral compared to everything else is Embassy and Umbral are now competing for this sovereign computer space where you can mm. run other stuff other than Bitcoin, like secure chat apps, file sharing, tour stuff, whatever, which is cool. And then, and then you know, when you're a merchant or if you're traveling around all the time, and you want to run a node and you want to be able to interface with that node on your phone to buy stuff or, 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 you know, use it or receive in some way on your travels. You don't want to have to worry that your power is going to go out at home base and now your node doesn't work. And now you have to fly home to trigger node back on or something crazy like that. Um, and merchants also, you know, if, if you're doing a sale, you don't want your point of sale system to suddenly go down because the power went out in your raspberry Pi is toast or whatever. Right. So uh, those are just a couple of use cases for Voltage, which um, provides a lightning nodes and a couple other services right now uh, to, uh, to people who want to run a lightning node, uh, but it's in the cloud. It's on a database somewhere else and it's running. Yeah, but the cool thing is uh, the password that you use to unlock your node is not saved anywhere on Voltage, and it's actually um, the encryption, or I should say the decryption key for your node. So um, that password is just as the same kind of password that you would use if you're running a node at home. It is your node. Um, so that is, that's really, really cool. We have a built-in uh, dashboard called Thunderhub, which a lot of Lightning users will know about. It's probably the best uh, user interface to manage a node um, out there. We just released Ellen Bits. And um, Voltage is also really good for Lightning app developers. So you don't have to deal with updates, upgrades, maintenance, all this stuff. We got a really cool API for developers that can just plug in and, and get going. And uh, we've seen a lot of success with that. And we've got a really cool roadmap that we're working on. And um, I think Voltage really fills that niche. And I think also Voltage fills the niche of maybe folks that just want to maybe start a node, maybe just for two weeks, maybe they want to run a crowdfund campaign or something, and they just want to spool one up real quick, run their campaign, shut it all down and go home. Uh, that's really easy to do on Voltage. You could do it in under five minutes. That's <laughs> so extremely powerful. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've, you know, the, the whole sort of node running space is continual, continuing to improve in usability and in uh, speed and function and, and all that. So, the trend is good. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys got a lot going on. I'm, I'm super excited. Just, I'm, I'm the early user of your product, but it's just considering what it took me to set up my Raspberry Blitz and, like you said, how fast I was able to set up a BTC Pay server uh, node mm -hmm. length. It was just immediate. Now, you highlighted some of the pros of obviously, you know, having a cloud node, meaning you know you're not to worry about it shutting down or having to go back home. Is there any trade-offs the other way, like not having the hardware myself versus having it? On the cloud, am I losing anything by having it hosted? Yeah, I will. Yes and no. So, um, like I said, a node on Voltage, you get everything that you would get running at home as far as functionality. You get all your macaroons, so you can do remote connections. You obviously get your seed phrase for recovery, your channel backup files for recovery, um, access to all the logs and, and what's going on as well. So recovery, if I, I can't imagine a scenario if voltage shuts down or whatever, would be the exact same sort of recovery process that you would use if your node, you know, hardware failed at home. Um, it's the exact same sort of thing. The, the risk is, the, the biggest risk is, so what we, what I've sort of thought it is we're non-custodial, but we're, but we're not trustless. You're still trusting Voltage to, um, you know, manage the updates and the upgrades, and then you're trusting us to um, have limited access to whatever data throughput you're having. It's it's very difficult to prove 
um, some of what we're claiming, but it's, it, it is trustless, yeah. but it's not, or sorry, it's not trustless, but it's not custodial, if that makes sense. So we yeah, don't see what you're doing on your node exactly. We don't see your channels or anything, but we do see your email of your voltage account. And we do see that that is tied to a node alias, okay. for example. Like that, that, there's a few things there that we do, see, but like what you're doing on the node itself and how much capital of that node that you control, et cetera, et cetera, no idea. And it's a no KYC global product. So it's just an email and password. We don't care what your name is or anything like that. And, um, and that's how that works. Um, we use a credit-based system. Uh, when I say credit, I mean, you add sort of credits to your account through, uh, it could be a credit card or through Bitcoin. And then we charge by the hour. <laughs> so we've got, I think it's like four cents per hour for like the standard node and a little under two cents for what we call light node. Um, yeah. For anyone curious on how the pricing on that works. But um, which is but great. Yeah, so that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That kind of balances out, in my opinion, at least when I was doing my justification to the electricity you were spent anyways, to have it running in your house constantly. And then also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, you don't have to worry about storage. Right. Because what I mean by that is, is right now I have a one terabyte hard drive linked to my node. Blockchain continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, I'm going to have to upgrade that terabyte drive, uh, you know, to something else. So you guys is kind of taking care of that for the user. Is that is that safe to say or did I get that wrong? That is correct. Um, Our standard nodes all get the same Bitcoin layer one data from the same master node. Um, we do have the option for folks to have their own segregated okay. Bitcoin instance that because of the hard drive space, though, that is a little bit pricier, but yeah. enterprises yeah. really like having their own special area for that. But correct. Yeah. 90% of the nodes feed off the same uh, Bitcoin core node. Yeah, and so we have redundancies hour- on that built in also in case it fails or something. But yeah. So that hourly fee is, is nothing. That kind of just gets eaten up by what it would cost to maintain it at home anyways, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I haven't done the math on that, but it could be. Yeah, I mean, I once again, I'm in I'm in Massachusetts, so I'm paying about 14 cents per kilowatt. So I'm I'm not getting cheap yeah. electricity any way, shape, or form. My my miner reminds me of that every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah, fantastic. So um, so you guys don't unless the user you guys don't you were saying that like uh, Umbro, and I'm not a big fan of Umbro, but they it start it sounded like you were saying they started to move towards bloatware, if that makes sense. Like you know when I when I buy a Samsung phone. And I there is that argument, ads. yeah. Okay, um, is that you guys are not offering any of that? You guys are just clean. No, cut. we are very, very. Um, Which I respect, by the way. Quality driven. Um, so, gosh, yeah, it was. I, I think it was earlier this year. So when I joined Voltage, we only had two products. We had the LND Lightning Node and the BTC Pay Server. Okay. And BTC Pay Server links up with your Lightning Node if you want to run both. Uh, we can talk about that later, but it's awesome. Um, after that, um, the we released Flow, which is a way for your Voltage Node and even external nodes can use Flow if they want to, to essentially put an order into the Lightning Pool marketplace for, light, for inbound liquidity. And um, that took a while to develop. We recently finally, in my opinion, got Ellen bits to uh, be native within the voltage uh, platform. And that was really hard because we have to use encrypted macaroons to, uh, to do this. And, um, you know, working with all the open source devs out there and they're working with us, Hey, we want to implement this into our platform, but we need some, some of these functions and, and it all worked out. So for those that don't know, Ellen bits is a really powerful uh, tool that, um, feeds off of a lightning node and allows you to have, um, there's so many things actually. So check it out, but it's free with every voltage node. So that doesn't cost anything extra. We're giving it as a free service to everybody. Um, but you can have a point of sale. You can have, um, LN URL, which is sort of like a static invoice for lightning payments and a bunch of other, a bunch of other stuff. So we just added that. Um, and then we're also working on what we announced in Miami which we're calling Surge, which is going to be a premium product, but it's going to be a very robust, interactive, customizable way to get analytics on your node. Mm. So for those that really want to see which channels are performing really well, which are kind of duds, 
help you manage your capital on your notes. We're working really hard on that right now. And that's going to be a, like a proprietary voltage built uh, product that we're working on. And there's a few other things too, but that's all we've announced so far. No, it's amazing. I, I want to circle back on flow real quick. Um, yeah. I'm not very familiar with um, the, you know, the LN pool, but I'm super familiar with always having shitty inbound liquidity. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, how can flow help me? How does it kind of work? Is this for like the everyday person like me or yeah. is this geared more towards businesses that have a lot of incoming uh, payments? Yeah. So, I mean, that was the general idea um, when, so for those that don't know, Lightning Pool is a Lightning Labs product. It only works on the LND implementation, which we run here at, at Voltage. And it essentially allows folks to say, hey, I have, want to open a 10 million sat channel and I want to open it to anybody, but you have to pay me to open it for you. And then, you know, if you want to buy that channel, you can type in whatever. But the, the, the real thing about Lightning Pool is it's a blind marketplace. It uses a reputation system to make sure that, you know, people who's running terrible nodes don't sell channels. Um, but, but it's just a blind market. So you don't get to say, Ooh, I will pick that node and I will order from him. It's just sort of a blind market. Um, what flow does is it is sort of a wrapper over the buying side of that order book. So on flow on voltage, you simply type in, I want a 2 million sat channel. I'm willing to pay X amount of sats for it and, you know, order it. And if you're running a voltage node, it will automatically register. And hopefully it will match with somebody who is trying to sell something like that. But, you know, that could take time. The order book has been um, sometimes really good volume, sometimes really low volume. Sometimes, you know, it could take a few days. Yeah. Um, but so there's that aspect. Uh, but that's that's basically all flow is. It's, it's, it's actually, I think, really, really cool. If you're running a MyNode or an Umbral at home and you want to use flow to get inbound liquidity on your node at home, you can still do that also. It just gives you like a string, like a ticket. Yeah. You just copy that over and paste it into your home node lightning terminal and you can um, get a channel that way too. So, but we could talk about other, I, I love talking about selling and buying channels on lightning. Let's do it. Uh, like we could talk about magma, which just came out, which I'm I really know excited what that is. about. School me. Cool. So uh, <laughs> for those that don't know, um, the developer of Thunderhub, which is that um, sort of interface into your node, um, I guess last year started a company called Amboss. You can go to amboss.space. And amboss.space is, uh, was essentially a competitor to 1ML, which uh, from earlier, which is just an aggregate of information about the Lightning Network and nodes on the network, all the public information. Um, Amboss came out, I guess maybe three or four weeks ago with this product called Magma. And on Amboss, you can claim your node. Uh, you can prove that you own a node and then you can basically just say, I want to sell 2 million sats for this much, you know, and just put it out there as sort of like a mark, just like a, a market board. And the people that want to buy channels can go in there and say, okay, I will, and they can actually now you know, vet the node that is selling. So I can click that node and I can see, oh, they have a lot of channels. They've been around for a while. I'll buy a channel from them and get inbound liquidity from them. Uh, so Magma is really, really cool because unlike Lightning Pool, it doesn't have um, implementation um, problems. Like only L&D nodes can work with Lightning Pool, mm. but um, Blockstream's core Lightning implementation can now sell channels to LND nodes with this uh, market board. Uh, so they're working really hard on that. They've um, like, I'm looking at it right now, there's 52 orders on there right now and they've sold over almost 400 channels in just a few weeks. So it's, it's getting really, really cool to sort of earn a yield, I guess, using yeah. your lightning node, if you really, really want to do that. Um, yeah. That sounds yeah. fascinating. Is that the, uh, maybe not the first, maybe I'm just being naive here, but I remember um, a few episodes back I had John Carvalho on and he was talking about like the, uh, um, you know, lightning has different flavors, right? He didn't use the word flavors. I used the word flavors, mm -hmm. but like that's the first time I've actually heard of where like two flavors can actually mesh and do something together. Is that the first of its kind, Magma, or am I just uh, missing? 
To my knowledge, yeah. Uh, That's there's, interesting. So Core Lightning, the Blockstream implementation, has yeah. liquidity ads, which is very, very similar to Magma, and it's built into their implementation, but only Core Lightning nodes can use it uh, to combine and sell from each other. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really neat. I love seeing this. Um, but to answer your question, though, yeah, like merchants need inbound liquidity to receive payments. There needs to be an easy way, and, you know, we're not to like the automatic point of it yet. We've got sort of filler, in my opinion, sort of filler services like OpenNode, for example, which is kind of like a a Stripe or a Clover, but for Bitcoin stuff. So they take 1% each way, but you you don't have to worry about managing channels or anything like that. But as soon as we can get liquidity automation on a self-sovereign node, that's going to be great. And I, I, I know that that's where we're going. Yep. And, uh, and I'm just, that's, that's where we're going. <laughs> you know, we're going to be able to just get that liquidity and then merchant butcher shop across the street can just set up and just be sovereign um, and not have to worry about it. So it's not going to be tomorrow, but that's yeah. what a lot of developers are working towards. That's going to be my next question. How far away do you think we are from that, in your opinion? I, uh, <laughs> I'm always really optimistic. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we're going to see more automation coming from uh, sort of um, products like Thunderhub and uh, other open source uh, tools. Uh, everyone knows that that is really important for onboarding more and more users onto Lightning, especially users that maybe aren't in a Western stable country or something and just want to sell t-shirts or, you know, on a, on a, or burritos or whatever, right. On the, on the street or whatever. And just, they just want to like push that button and I want some Bitcoin. Um, I really am enjoying keeping an eye on what's going on in El Salvador. I talk to people down there and I, I want to hear how they're experiencing it. And, and that's sort of the trend. They just want to like, they, a lot of folks are learning about Bitcoin and they want to accept Bitcoin. They just, and, and we just want to make it easier <laughs> for that. Uh, so automation is the key. There's a lot of people working on it. I think that, in the next couple of years, I think before next halving, we're going to have a, a, some some decent automation tools. It probably won't be perfect, but we're going to be continually going down that direction. Gotcha. Sooner rather than later, sounds like. Um, how worried are you about the different implementations and or flavors, if we want to keep using that term, and the fact that developers are kind of you know headstrong on their implementation, but they're not working together on one implementation? Right. Uh, I had Keon on the show. And uh, Keon was explaining to me how he sees it more like web browsers, right? Where like there's a Chrome crowd, there's, you know, Internet Explorer crowd. I always thought about it as different types of um, uh, currencies, I guess, right? Like you may be using the, you know, U.S. quarter versus a euro or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I like his analogy better, but I want to get your take. Yeah. um, So Lightning as a protocol is a lot different from Bitcoin as a protocol. Um, It's not consensus driven, really. You can make your own Lightning Network implementation if you want to. Um, But when Lightning was first sort of getting going, there was developer discussion about let's, let's let's standardize our, the way we generate invoices and like all this like foundational stuff. And those were called the bolts uh, basics of lightning technology. Uh, and there's 11 of those and pretty much actually dare I say all of them adhere to those first 11 rules okay. that interoperability beyond that, there's discussion about, so developers at core lightning have this idea of, um, so right now the uh, lightning network is a pool based, uh, payment system by default, the bolt 11 invoice where, the person receiving the money has to generate and give an invoice to whoever's buying it. Now there's been really cool developments around, like I said, lightning address and these other things. But one of the other ideas is having a bolt. So everybody can interop 
with uh, a static invoice and uh, that's being worked on at Blockstream very, very hard. Um, but, um, you know, folks at maybe Lightning Labs, they're working on Taproot integration and their new Taro project. So they're not as in, plugged into that because I don't want to speak for them, but, you know, you can spend a pub key, which is called key send and do all these other things. So like, yeah, they're like all these teams are like working on these other like sort of projects and stuff. So I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing, um, but maybe implementations will um, like, like a flavor, but maybe even serve different niches sort of. And then we got the lightning development kit from spiral, which is a library for developers to make their own implementations to fill a niche need that they want. Like maybe, um, you know, you can make a lightning node implementation that, well, actually they already have, uh, John Cantrell is working on Sensei, which is using the lightning development kit and there's other, other open source devs kind of playing with it a little bit, which has the ability for you to run a master node to that controls the liquidity of child nodes. So now you can, even though the child nodes own the liquidity, the parent node manages the liquidity, sort of. Interesting. So like really interesting little niche ideas like that. I, I don't know what else is being built, but I think that there it will probably be more implementations fee, uh, filling certain niches. Like maybe there'll be a lightning node implementation for gamers or like whatever. Like, I don't know how that's going to go, but I don't think we're going to be just at lightning labs and Blockstream and async forever. I think that there's going to be more than that, but I don't, I won't see them as competitors per se, but I think developers will want to like fill in specific niches and making your own is sometimes a lot faster than contributing to existing uh, projects because there's, you know. Yeah, that fits the, uh, um, that, that definitely fits the browser analogy very well then. Cause you know, like you use a brave or a tour browser for privacy, but maybe you do a Chrome browser, for the convenience of Google services. Uh, and right. they all live in the same universe, but you can jump around as you please or as you need. Yeah, I'm kind of on board with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. I think in a general sense, uh, that, that might make sense. Yeah. Yeah, Lightning's a wild west, man. Every time I try to dig yeah. in, there's always new stuff and I'm trying to figure it out. Is Lightning the most exciting thing going on in Bitcoin right now, in your opinion? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think still, it's still under the radar <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> Like I hear people talking about, and I think it's cool. A lot of these concepts, but like, uh, part of me, like, I really want to see like a new cool future. Like, I think it's, I think it's neat seeing like lightning payments on NFC cards and stuff. But at the same time is I don't want to deal with plastic cards anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, Yeah, you're right. I don't want to live in this. Like, I don't want like, or, or, or neobanks, you know, which, you know, I think some ideas are really cool. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to have to use a bank anymore. Yeah. Like, I want to, I want to build something new and, and, and fresh. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like, I mean, I understand the, the need to be like, Oh, let's put lightning into like a legacy sort of thing to maybe make it easier for grandma to understand maybe, or something like that. Yeah. I understand the drive to do that, but I'm more focused on like making really new novel stuff and playing with that. All right. Well, speaking of grandma, this is a good segue to my, uh, next idea that I actually saw you battled this out on Twitter. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> custodial lightning versus non-custodial lightning. Right. So grandma's okay. much better experience is going to be with, let's say, a cash app implementation of lightning uh, and maybe even. Oh, it, yeah. The node stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to having a I, Zeus wallet and trying to use lightning. Grandma's not going to be able to fathom that. Right. So, yeah. So my tweet was basically saying Bitcoiners that understand Bitcoin at a base layer, they can send and receive transactions, maybe they even run a node at home or whatever. There is no excuse not to be playing with lightning. You have the chops to do it. It's not reckless anymore. You can spool up a node on voltage or on your computer or whatever and open up a channel. And, and you know, I, people don't like spending Bitcoin. I do. I'm sorry, whatever. <laughs> I think it's fun. I really enjoy buying stuff that nobody knows that I'm buying it. I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm not paranoid. I just like that concept. Um, but I think, I think 
the more people that learn how to do that now, I think that that will pay in the future. They will be the leaders of the future. They might even get really, you know, into it, which is great. So I'm just, that, 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 that tweet was just me trying to reach out to Bitcoiners. I hear all the time, it's like, I just buy Bitcoin and Coinbase and I send it to my ledger and then I go to Twitter and then I talk. It's like, no, like, <laughs> run a lightning node, dude. You can do it. Uh, well, what about the uh, uh, another thread that you'll probably be from? I think the guy's name was like X21 or something, which uh, he's, he's usually one of those guys. Uh, but where he was basically saying that it's trending towards PayPal 2.0, like the Lightning Network itself. Yeah, so th- that is a, um, an absolute possibility yeah. in, the, in the long term. Okay. But, um, but who knows what kind of developments will happen in the long term? Like there's innovations and stuff that we can't even think of because we're not those galaxy brain developers sure. that don't spend all the time on Twitter. They're out, you know, with their nose to the grindstone or going to cryptography conventions or I don't know <laughs> what they're doing, but they're the builders, right? Yeah. They could be building something that, that maybe will move us away from that in the future. But, you know, the, the, that might be the long term destination because you know bitcoin keeps going the way it's going we got you know on-chain congestion might actually happen which makes opening lightning channels more prohibitive which means how do you onboard people now if on-chain is basically useless and you can't open channels anymore yeah i i understand that concern um but i'm hopeful that those problems the like i said the really smart people also see those and are also brainstorming ideas with their own secret communities i'm sure on irc <laughs> or whatever i mean or maybe even just secret i don't know but you know i i just i have faith in 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 our in our super smart devs that have their nose to the grindstone all the time to to foresee this stuff and 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 find solutions because that's yeah. not the trajectory we want to go yeah we don't want to stoke that fire if we don't have to for sure um so what do you you spend Bitcoin. I, I do too. What are, you know, what are some of your favorite ways on, on using Lightning and spending your Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, so I, I usually have a few sets um, on Zeus on my phone and um, around town when I'm in Austin, a few spots take Bitcoin, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, shout out to the Tipsy Alchemist, uh, Three Forks Steakhouse also accepts now and a few other spots. A lot of spots actually in Austin now. Shout out to Mike Atwood, who's like the huge evangelizer of accepting Bitcoin I'm ha- in Austin. I'm going to have him on next week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and, but um, I, I really like uh, Pay With Moon. Yeah. Not to be confused with Moon Pay, which is a shitcoin company, but Pay With Moon which yeah. is you basically can just buy a Visa gift card, virtual Visa gift card with Bitcoin. So, you know, you go to Delta.com, you book a flight. It says it's $403.12. You go to pay with Moon, type in $403.12, pay the lightning invoice, gives you a thing, type it in, boom, now you got a ticket. You basically spent Bitcoin. It's not like, it's not like Delta is accepting Bitcoin or anything, yeah. but it's, it's enough that, you know, um, you know, your banks don't know, your credit card companies don't know. I'm not saying you have anything to hide. I'm just saying that's cool. It's like spending cash through the internet. Nobody yeah. really knows. But they shouldn't um, sell it either. They shouldn't profit off of your, you know, buying history or, or purchases. So that's a way around that thing too. Yeah. You may not be hiding anything, but when you start seeing these random ads, well, that's because your damn bank uh, you know, is selling all that information on what it is that you're buying with your card. So yeah. Exactly. I'm a- I just, I'm, I'm just more aware of, all of these entities that are trying to extract information from me without me yeah. really understanding or consenting. Um, yeah. It's a game changer since they added the, uh, adding it to the Apple Pay or whatever, where you can now take it yeah. off. The, yeah, or Google that's Pay a, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a game changer. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a wrap. I'm just going to walk yeah. around here and just have these nice. cards on my phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful thing. How about streaming? I, you stream any stats? Valley for Valley podcasting? Do you use the, your stats um, for that? I'm on Fountain. Um, yep. I do on Fountain a little bit. Likewise, um, yeah. That's one of my favorite ways to just give back to the circle, to the economy. Um, and Oscar has yeah. been great to me. Shout out to Oscar. I had him on the show. Uh, I love I, what, what, what Fountain is doing, for sure. I got in the Fountain because um, a few months ago, Lisa from Blockstream and I started our own sort of little podcast called This Week in Lightning. Nice. And uh, we got on Fountain and got a few listeners, but like 
Lisa and I are, are really good friends and we talk about lightning and stuff all the time. So we were just like, let's just record it. <laughs> so we have a Bitcoin TV channel and um, oh. it's kind of like, I don't want to like compare us, but it's, it's similar to uh, underground, uh, not underground, um, Citadel Dispatch a little bit, how oh, nice. they have um, sort of like the folks who are talking and then they have sort of like a screen. So a screen share type thing. So we can, you can follow along with what we're talking about. So if anyone's curious in that, we do that sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, go check it out. Go support. Listen, to this guy. definitely. I'm going to go support checking it out. I love streaming sats. But, I just think it's, yeah. I don't know, all the years that I've paid for like a Spotify subscription where I know none of these creators are getting jack shit. It just makes me feel that much better that I could actually exactly. stream to you direct. It's a beautiful thing. I, I love the idea of lightning, getting rid of spam, getting rid of all this junk that we have to deal with as users of the internet and like this isn't the digital age i want like i'm i want it uh i just want to get rid of the junk you know and i think um vita which is an awesome little project i mean we've heard of vita.live no i haven't that? Oh, oh man it's so a real quick vita.live is um you log in with your twitter account and um basically it is a way to receive messages or talk or stream with sats. So you can say, you can send me a message and it costs 1000 sats to send me a message. Um, There's also uh, a way where people that don't follow you on Twitter, if they DM you, it'll say, go to Vita and pay this invoice uh, because I don't check DMs from people that I don't follow very often. So prove that you actually want to talk to me and we'll talk. Yeah. So, so like little cool little things like that. And he uses a voltage node on the back end too. Hey. Really that, cool products. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I'm gonna go broke. I always gotta reach out to people to ask random questions to be on the podcast. So if they start yeah. hitting me up with these invoices, I'm gonna go broke. <laughs> but, uh, well, speaking of Lisa, shout out to Lisa, shout out to Stackamoto. Um has yeah. Stackamoto on the uh, on the show a few times. Um Bitcoin Plus Plus, man. You're gonna be there, you're gonna be talking. What, what's your your time for yeah. Yeah, I'll um I'll be doing one of the morning um workshops um on the first day, which is the seventh. Yeah, I think it's at nine thirty or ten, and I will be uh with Paul, our lead uh, Paul Miller, our lead front end guy, future Paul on uh, Twitter, <laughs> and um we're just gonna be uh, spending a little bit of time showing developers and whoever's there how to um, get into the Voltage API, how to get into the LNBit stuff, and, and how to use that to, to build apps. And, um, and hopefully uh, people will use Voltage during the hackathon at the uh, end of the week. So we're just gonna teach them how to do that. Super cool, man. Yeah, so many big things happening, not only there at the conference, but uh, just in Austin in general. Uh, I hope to be down there by the end of uh, June. If everything goes as planned, then like able moving? to get- yeah, yeah, we're moving out oh. there. Uh, yeah, like I said, Unchained Capital is a big piece of that. Yeah, I actually worked there, but um, yeah. just you know, every time I visit, I keep you know, I just I don't know. Maybe it's just Massachusetts is warped. Uh, maybe it's that I've outgrown Massachusetts. It could be a lot of various things. But whenever I'm in Austin, I you know I feel myself like I can you know behave like I know myself. that feeling. Okay, yeah. yeah, and here at home, it's like. You know, I got my friends and that's all good. But outside of that, it's kind of like you got to wear a mask all day and kind of pretend yeah. to be somebody. Like, I, I can't I can't. When I hear that, when I hear like people in Oregon and stuff and they're doing that, I can't I can't. I feel like we're in a different world. I feel like um, it's weird. I just I don't feel like those are my people. <laughs> yeah, know? no, the, the six are supposed definitely to feel there. like a country, like we're all the same people, but it doesn't feel like that. Well, yeah. I mean, not even in the same state. Like, I grew up in yeah. Massachusetts, and I still don't feel like I'm a part of the state. Yeah, uh, right. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's a weird scenario. So, yeah, every time I've gone down to Austin, I've been probably five or six times since uh, since Unchained. And, uh, yeah, man, I could just, like, kind of, like, relax, like, literally in my head and just kind of be myself. And, you know, yeah. Bitcoiners are Bitcoiners, greatest people in the world. And um, mm-hmm. I think Carr posted something the other day that that um, that really resonated with me, and it's... Uh, that Bitcoiners just have a great way of getting the best out of you and reminding you that 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 you're great and that you have something. Um, I don't think there's any. Mars a great guy, and I amazing he's done guy. that for me before too. So yeah, he does um, it to me all the time. He calls me on my like awesome. he has my personal number, and he'll be like, "Hey man," randomly, "Hey, how's it going?" And "How you doing?" <laughs> I'm doing great. He's like, 
you're amazing. You know that? I'm like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, the show is just fantastic. I did that and this. And I'm like, I got people that live right up the street from me that are supposedly close to me that would never tell me such a thing. <laughs> yeah, this guy is 3,000 miles away or whatever the, the distance Dude, is. We're, just... we're all a family. I, I definitely feel that. Love it. Well, can't wait to go in, down there and soak it up with y'all and, and be able to interact and have these conversations. Um, but yeah, Bitcoin Plus Plus, shout out to that. Um, not even going to hold you too long here, Nate. I think we think we could right, like, record many of these episodes, and we should. Um, but out of Bitcoin, just to wrap up the show, when you're not you know, reading about Bitcoin or educating yourself on Bitcoin, what is it that you like to soak up when it comes to knowledge, books, podcasts? What oh. would you go to? Yeah. Um, man, all my podcasts are Bitcoin-related for the most part. Yeah. Um, I, I dabble in a little bit of trying to understand finance stuff, but it's not really my forte, but I kind of like to hear what the experts say on that. Um, books, I'm reading um, Fossil Future by Alex Epstein, mm. Epstein right now, um, which is really dense and really educational for me. Um, I really like the, um, the alternative uh, thoughts to the mainstream. So I wasn't actually going to buy that book, but he was getting so much crap from people wanting to ban it. So I'm like one of those people that I'm, I'm buying books that people <laughs> like are, yeah. are just looking crap at. So I'm checking that out. Um, besides that, I just like playing with my daughter and, uh, you know, if I have time, I'll play a little bit of video games with the wife a little bit, but we're just, um, we're just a family in Texas and, uh, working and playing and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like to work out a little bit, run a little bit, bike a little bit, go to the pool, you know, There's- that's actually the, the last question was that is like, are you, uh, what, what's your, are you one of the seed oil guys? They, you know, oh, like no seed oils. What, uh, what, what's your stuff, point? I'm, um, I, I just try to avoid processed crap and I try to avoid, um, processed carbs. I'm not really strict on anything, but I love animal fat. I love animal food. So yeah, I can eat just the steak for dinner and that's fine. I don't need to have a potato or anything with it. Um, uh, but I, uh, you know, I'm getting, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties now. I, my metabolism isn't quite what it used to be, but, uh, I would definitely, you know, grab a steak anytime. Yeah. I think we're like right in that same spot. I am in my mid thirties as well. Um, have a huge weight loss journey back when I was like 25, went from 300 pounds mm-hmm. to 150, but nice. I, I, I can't do that anymore. It's just not the same. And, uh, yeah, I've been sticking to, um, uh, I have been kind of strict on the seed oil thing, but I think I'm navigating closer to what you're saying. As long as I can avoid the processed stuff, I'll be happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't use oil to cook. I cook my steaks in butter or ghee. Yeah. I'm a butter maximalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting there too. We, uh, we actually just went down the, uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but the kefir rabbit hole. Have you I don't even know that. Yeah, it's kind of like your own yogurt. But anyways, that's a whole different conversation <laughs> you make yourself. Uh, but Nate, this has been fantastic, man. Thank you so much for your time. I had a bunch of other stuff, maybe like the Second Amendment stuff, but we could probably get a round two and just to dig deeper into that. Uh, hopefully get to meet you in person sometime soon when I'm out in Austin and uh, maybe have a steak with your brother. But please let the listeners know where they can follow you or anywhere you want them to go and get more information. Sure, yeah. I, I had a great time too. Please invite me back anytime. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm Nate. I do support and education at Voltage, voltage.cloud. Please hang out on Discord, voltage.cloud slash Discord. We have, um, we have bots in there that like sling Satoshis to random people sometimes, so it's kind of cool. Um, I'm beef or bacon one on Twitter, and uh, I do This Week in Lightning. You can find us on Bitcoin TV, and uh, you'll see me in Austin for BitDevs and... and uh, uh, the uh, Bitcoin Plus Plus conference next week. All right. Hey, listeners, definitely go check out any of those outlets that Nate just gave you here. Definitely one of the better Twitter followers you'll ever have. So follow him on Twitter for sure. <laughs> I have a lot of fun just watching you go back and forth for other uh, Bitcoiners. Some of them are not. But anyways, uh, we appreciate you guys as always. You know where to find us. Stream us some sats if you enjoyed the content. Valley for Value on Fountain or on Breeze. I actually found out this week that there's like 56 apps that actually function off a podcast index. So check us out on whichever one is your favorite. Show us some love. That's how we keep the lights on. 5% goes to OpenSats, which is a a really good cause here. Uh, And if you want to check us out video, get this 4K video on Bitcoin TV. Uh, If you haven't got there, we are on the legacy outlets as well. But we'd rather we support the Bitcoin products. So let's do that. 
As always, we appreciate y'all. Nate, I appreciate you, good sir. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next week. Later.